and Brit. Brad and Brit, the perfect combination of brawn and wit. Politics, sports, and trending shit. Let's tune in to Brad and Brit. It is the Brad and Britcast. Thanks for being with us here. Uh, we've got a lot of things to take care of, including, by the way, something that we left on the proverbial table. Where oh, yeah. is that table? Uh, on Monday's Brad and Britcast, which is uh, Donnie's shit list is Vladimir's shit list. Okay. Okay. So we can... We can do that anytime you want. In fact, I got an idea. Let's do it now because sure. these are stories that that come up and then they go away real fast because, of course, anything having to do with Trump, you get squeezed out by the next series of uh, seemingly more important issues. Like on Monday, this got pushed away by the fact that it's uh, rather clear that the uh, evidence is being uh, collected, sorted, and put into little paper files by Prosecutor Jack Smith that uh, chronicles with great detail just how evil and possibly seditious and treasonous Donald Trump was with the stuff that he stole from the White House and refused to give back to the National Archives for a year and a half, even going so far as to and uh, remember, every time a lawyer quits Trump, an angel gets a brand new roll of toilet paper. And they've got a lot. <laughs> That's a little different than your original. I think an angel takes a shit, I believe, is what you said originally. But, you know, and so, so there's and a correlation. What, right. So this the, this latest lawyer guy, he he quit uh, last week. And then over the weekend, he goes on on CNN for about a half hour confessional to explain why. He he left. And he's very delicate with his language. He's a clever lawyer, but he blamed that asshole Boris Epstein. God Almighty, that guy for being a complete pain in the ass and a liar. And then he kind of blamed Trump for being a liar and th trying to throw him under the bus for, for all the uh, the uh, uh, announcements to the feds that well, we've given you everything. And of course, Trump was lying to his lawyers and telling the lawyers I've given you everything. So tell, so it, it's, that's why this story, that's the point. That's why this story got pushed aside. I think it's kind of a big deal. Now let's try to figure out after we uh, learn the names here, whether this is real, whether it's disinformation or whether it's just, you know, Vlad has nothing else to do over there in Russia because uh, the war is going so swimmingly for him against Ukraine. Uh, we have a new shit list from Vladimir Putin. 500 people singled out for travel and financial restrictions on Friday, last Friday. Now, there's not a lot of tourism going on in Russia right now by Americans. I'm just guessing. <laughs> not a lot of travel there. So there's a, a superfluous... Um, aspect to this of course so on the list now of people you cannot come to russia you cannot travel there letitia james the attorney general of the state of new york oh no jack smith oh no the special counsel they had trips planned they had the vodka uh, flight Wait. tour ready to go brad raffsenberger the secretary of state in georgia just didn't 
want to do Donald Trump's dirty work for him and find 11,780 beat, beat, beat votes. votes. He's a Republican, too. He's a fellow Republican. That's right. And Michael Boyd, Lieutenant Michael Boyd, who was the Capitol Police officer who shot Ashley Babbitt. All four of them not allowed to travel to Russia. I think you can safely say none of them have anything to do with um, policy towards Russia right now. And, of course, the only reason that they would have come to the attention of Vladimir Putin is because he read on some news site that he can get that probably no one else can in Russia is allowed to see all their names on news. So now, so why why is this? The, you know, without thinking about it, go well. That's just proof that that uh, Trump and and Putin think the same way, and that uh, and then you can go the other way, which is yeah, Putin's just doing this to cause trouble to make everybody here think that the anger against Trump should be ginned up because of lists like this and things of that sort. And that's just more proof. What do you think? What do you think this is all about? What do you think? Well, I think inadvertently you've, you've stumbled onto the next Trump family scam. Uh, Everything else has failed. The Trump wine, the Trump steaks, the Trump water, the new Trump travel agency lets you travel and you're going to be hosted by the great Donald Trump jr. And Eric, as you go throughout Russia and Bulgaria and Hungary, and Brazil, and other places with asshole dictatorships that Donald Trump loves. China, the only tourism in North Korea will be the, the, the Trump travel agency. Book your trip now to have Ivanka and the Trumps host you on a fantastic tour throughout shithole countries. Oops. Well, couldn't you just limit the travel agency, the Trump travel agency, to those seven countries that it's uh, most likely that Jack Smith has proof that Trump was either ready to deal or had dealt in specific intelligence that might have been contained in the documents that he pilfered. And that includes Saudi Arabia and Oman and, of course, uh, uh, Russia and and, a few other countries. Uh, uh, By the way, it doesn't really matter which countries. It's the fact that you're thinking of peddling this and maybe making a buck off of it correct which is what trump does with with uh everything so you may be onto something you could be correct yes the trump travel agency and travel agency business is tough these days right it's Very not difficult. what it used to be because everybody difficult. can book their own reservation uh presumably the russian sanctions according to peter baker of the new york times will have little effect on Letitia james Jack Smith, Brad <laughs> Raffsenberg, or Lieutenant Boyd. You think? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and going back to the original Dick Nixon enemies list, the people that were on that list to this day are wildly excited to be able to brag about it. It was a badge of honor then. It remains a badge of honor now, whether it's Neil Young or Bob Dylan or Paul Newman was on there. Paul, there's all kinds of great, wonderful people were on Nixon's. Can you can you look at that 
while we're, we're talking about it here, the Nixon enemies list, it wasn't just Daniel Shore of CBS News. and, and Dan Rather like maybe was on there. I oh, I, I'd be shocked if he wasn't. <laughs> are you running for something, sir? No, are you? No, are you, sir? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wikipedia tells me that these are the people that were on Nixon's enemies list here. Hang on. Right. Acknowledge. Give me, now, give me the highlights. Give me the, 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 the people that, that matter. And I guess they all do. Well, you're gonna, but you're gonna be the geek that knows who some of these stupid representatives that died okay. 40 years ago. Okay, all right. All Rep- right. Representative Allard Lowenstein. Oh, oh, and a a a a Robert Kennedy acolyte all the way, big with the Kennedy family. Absolutely. Here's a, here's a Hall of Famer, one of the guys that served in Congress. Well, I think longer than anyone else. At one point, he had the record. John Conyers of Detroit, of uh, Michigan. Well, yeah. Well, he was black, so he. It's fine that he was on there. That was. There's Paul Newman. There's Daniel Shore. Ron Dellum yeah. is a congressman from California. Stuart California. Rawlings, who was a philanthropist. Very. Stuart Lambert, a, an executive secretary of the National Education Association. God okay. knows what that he did. That's, that's uh, past my pay grade on that. We're one. in. The, we're in the deep cuts now. Charles Dyson. Do you know that guy? Uh, yeah, he invented the vacuum cleaner. <laughs> Alexander Barkin, who was the head of the AFL-CIO's committee on political education. No, no, get 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 famous people that we know. Don't. don't this is not a test of me. Well, I got right? I got uh, I got Paul test Newman. Yeah, that's I, that's all I got from the rest of them. The guy that that's invented all. salad dressing. Okay. The guy that invented. Oh wait a minute. Uh, Hunter S. Thompson once said he was disappointed he was not on it. Ah. <laughs> you, you know why? They probably never heard of him. In Nixon land, they they might not have ever heard of him because you know he was a kind of a cultish figure, just writing for for probably Rolling Stone. In the, is Park Pewterball on there? Park was he writing did, for? Did not make the cut. Did not make the cut. <laughs> All right. So anyway, uh, at, end of that. Just bottom line here that you know the, the, these are stories that kind of go go floating by, and if you play the uh, what aboutism game, what. Well, what if some other foreign leader uh, decided to uh, start naming, I don't know, people who are against Joe Biden on behalf of Joe Biden because they thought it would make it that just doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy. It's just crazy talk. Yeah, yeah I, I mean. This- it's it's not really defensible. I mean, it's not. Again, this is one of those where you can't go. I'm, I don't give a shit what CNN's doing this day. You can't really go. All right, this well, half of the panel say I'll, it's great. This half what, of the panel say it sucks. Here's what this matches up with: It's Trump standing next to Putin at that press conference in, I think it was in Stockholm or something, and Jonathan Lemire asked the question: um, Would you turn to Vladimir Putin and tell him to stop meddling in our elections or or something and Trump says, why would I? I have no reason to not believe when he says that he didn't do it. So this opens the door for stuff like this, for Putin to to be explicit and open in his uh, in his tampering, because that's what this is. This is out front tampering, which no one should take seriously, but you kind of have to because he has a lot of nuclear weapons. All right. Other stuff. Here we go. The Dodgers can't win the Ten Commandments of Texas. Um, it's, it's sweeps month 
in the NBA and the NHL. Conspiracy or coincidence? LeBron's gap year. It looks like a lock, says a pundit. And sue me again, says Don. Not to be confused with Daffy Duck. Shoot me again. Shoot me again. Um, those are all really good. I do sweeps month because you and I are interested in basketball and following it pretty closely. And the NBA finals start next Thursday, I believe, on the American Broadcasting Company. Brad, a proud part of the Disney Empire. Uh, all four semifinals, the two in the NBA and the two in the NHL, could go the way of four nothing sweeps. One down, three to go with the uh, Lakers being taken out by the Denver Nuggets. No reason to think that um, Miami won't blow out the Celtics tonight. And over in hockey, Florida is up three to nothing on your Carolina Hurricanes. (laughs) And uh, Las Vegas, a traditional hockey power, is up two to nothing on Dallas, another traditional hockey power. (laughs) <laughs> so, do you know that every, the uh every st- I, I didn't i didn't realize this but the stanley cup has not been won by a canadian team in 30 years i wasn't so aware of toronto this. ottawa montreal vancouver no, no. winnipeg saskatchewan does when Ca- didn't moose jaw win about uh 15 years ago yeah well didn't nova moose scotia jaw? had a good season that one time but they didn't make it thunder bay was whew, man that was a tough team they didn't have it have yeah bad for them yeah yeah. Uh, so what what are we uh, what are we to glean from this? It's it's terrible viewing. It's terrible viewing. Although uh, game four of the uh, NBA with the Lakers that, that really went down to the wire. It was a really interesting, fun game to watch. But in the end, it it didn't matter because they they lost. So uh, LeBron will he walk away or not walk away right now? He looked extremely old in that last series. I mean, and he's a 38-year-old man who's been playing in the league for 20 years. It's a very physical game. He gets beat on. I don't care how huge he is, and he's a very big guy with a lot of muscles, huge chest, all that stuff. Uh, You know, get beat on by dudes for all that time, it's going to take its toll on you. And I think mentally it's also taken its toll on him. So I think this fairy tale about him in two years playing with his son, it's admirable. It's what he wants to do, but I think it's probably time for him to walk away, and why not? All right, I half agree with you. Number one, clearly, if he called a press conference, I'm sorry, if he tweeted out, we don't call press conferences anymore, do we? We tweet no. things out. No. Um, if he said, that's it, and he said this five ways from Sunday, Saturday, and, and, and Friday, I think he just said it in the last day or so, that, and I don't think he could argue with this. He doesn't have anything to prove. He doesn't doesn't. have anything to prove. Uh, um, But for 24 minutes in game four in the first half, he looked like he was a 23-year-old LeBron James. Mm. So he still has it within him, but it becomes harder to summon that as you get older, and it was impossible to summon it in the second half because Denver went into the locker room and said, all right, we're not going to allow this shit in the second half, and they – they bottled him up, but a bottled up uh, LeBron James is still better than about 95% of other players. But is it worth it to keep playing 
and uh, getting profoundly probably disappointed that the the combination of factors that uh, brought him good enough teammates to be able to win championships, it's not likely to happen in the next year. And he hates losing. I don't blame him. Um, so he doesn't have anything to prove. And does he want to be a almost a journeyman player? That's what he becomes at a certain point. I don't think he's there yet. I think he's still pretty good. <laughs> he's still pretty good, but you know, pretty, there's a lot of pretty good players uh, all over the place. And he, he can't stand out and dominate the way he used to. And why should he be able to? He's, What's the he's point? a medical <clears throat> marvel anyway, playing 20 years in the league. No, Go on, uh, get on, get on with the rest of your life. Watch your sons play basketball, and you end up in now, ownership for the Las Vegas team. That's what you. That's what you course, want to do. If he comes back next year, he can break the all-time score. Oh, he already he has already the did all-time. It. Doesn't score. need it. He doesn't. But well, he won't be playing as long as Tom Brady did. Yeah, he's gonna play till he's forty-five. Shut um, up. But my, but uh, a, a pundit, a pundit's me, says that he's gonna take a gap year off take a gap year off and no matter how lame his kid might play at USC University of Southern California a school that's so great they don't even have an athletic director right now ah they're in between nice nice pick look just because and then they fire the athletic director like three days after he picks look just because one of the proudest football teams in the history of college football lost a bowl game to Tulane you're gonna make a big deal out of this and I don't understand all right, so, so his his son, and I'm going to call him LeBron Junior. I refuse to call him Bronny. Well, that's what he LeBron wants to be Jr. called. Now that is his I name is Le- he wants to be called Bronny. I don't care. I I don't care. Uh, this is about respect for me, not about what he wants. <laughs> well, you're those you're like those people that used to call Muhammad Ali. They can continue to call him Cassius. Well, no, I called him Clay. I called him Clay until two years ago. <laughs> I would never give in on that one. <laughs> Remember when Joe Frazier would just call him Clay? <laughs> That's when he was Joe Frazier Joe. was the guy that did that. He wouldn't call him Muhammad. And he would when he was beating him in the ring. He would go, "What's my name?" Bam, and he beat the shit out of him and do it again. And bam. Right. So the, my this is my my prediction is he will retire, and then like Tom Brady, he will unretire a year from now, refreshed, ready to go to uh, play and the league will figure out a way to uh, get those two on the same team. Do you have any question that that wouldn't happen if LeBron James says make it happen? It'll happen Uh, some way. And then you can either love it or hate it. And then that's, that's the beauty of it. That's, that's wrestling. And it won't matter whatever, whatever team they're on, it'll be a novelty for about four minutes, right? About four minutes. And uh, then that'll be it. But, um, uh, that's what I. That's what I think will happen. I don't think he's going to come back straight by himself next year. Are you on? Are you on board with a Miami Denver NBA Finals? We'll get shitty ratings. Are you, you know on board what? with that? It'll, I don't. I, Britt, I'm watching it. I don't care. It's, it'll be good. Playing. The quality of the games I think will be it'll amazing. Be a, you yes. know what? First of all, I think it will be a great series, mm-hmm. and I think uh, conventional wisdom on ratings. First of all, it might not even turn out to be true. It might actually be possible. It might be actually possible that uh, people will watch it because it's good basketball. Because I can guarantee you these semifinal games 
have probably been badly rated where there are blowouts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The blowout is the is what kills ratings. It doesn't matter who's playing each other. So I'm not I'm not really worried about that. I it'll be it'll be uh it'll be uh, uh, good to watch. It, it, by the way, somebody could crush somebody else again. You could get a you could get a four zero run, but I don't think so. Both of these teams seem to have tremendous confidence. That's what I that's what I detect. And I detect the confidence comes from the coaching. Yeah, they got. Uh, in addition to having great players, but the, those are they're two very, very good, very, very I, good coaches. So. I think Miami has the best coach in the league, not named Popovich. I think he's Eric Spolster is probably uh, one of the, the best coaches we've seen over the past twenty years or so. He's, he's Hall really of Fame. Good. That guy's he's Hall of Fame good. coach. He, he truly right? is. Yep. Yes. You can give all the credit to Pat Riley. Talk about Pat Riley polishing him or whatever. That guy can flat out coach, make adjustments, okay. motivate his guys, whatever. He can do it. There you go. All right. The Dodgers can't win. The Ten Commandments of Texas. Um, and sue me again, says Don. Well, let's get all the sports out of the way and talk about how the Dodgers can't win. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Where did I put that? Where did I put that? I'll just point out for you people that don't follow baseball right now, the Tampa Bay Rays, who are like the best team in baseball, have lost 14 games. They've lost 14 games on the season. The Oakland A's, the worst team in the league, have won 10 games. They've won 10 games. Hmm. didn't seem out of the ordinary that the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, which is an LGBTQ plus charity and satirical performance drag group in which participants dress as nuns, had been invited to the uh, L.A. Dodgers 10th annual Pride Night next month. They were going to get the Community Hero Award for their work over the decades, raising money and awareness for marginalized people, including AIDS patients unhoused queer and transgender youth which all changed after conservative driven backlash led to the group being disinvited from the event which is to be held june 16th following that there was a backlash to the backlash and the group has now been re-invited by the dodgers along with an apology right from the team this started all of last wednesday when the dodgers announced they were rescinding their invitation to the sisters noting the strong feelings of people who have been offended by the group including the usual suspects priests the catholic league and catholic vote and marco rubio America's moral force. Did you mention that they are gay men that dress up like nuns and stuff? Did you? Did I, yes, did I, did. I miss it? I'm sorry about that. Yes, I did. They're Carry a on. drag group in which participants dress up as nuns. That is their shtick. Yeah. Is so this is a, this is offensive to Catholics allegedly. So Marco Rubio went all in on this, and he wrote to the commissioner of baseball, Rob. Manfred, the most courageous guy in America, that this intentionally mocks and degrades Christians, not only Christians, but nuns who devote their lives to serving others. Does it? And all I know is that 
Every Does comedian it? says the nun hit me with a ruler. Ha ha ha. <laughs> That's all I know about nuns. I don't know much more. And that Mary Tyler Moore played a nun in an Elvis Presley movie. Right? A change of habit. Get it? Habit. <laughs> they caught people off guard. Wait, what is it? Stafford told the LA Times of the complaints that started pouring in. They had no idea. Well, of course they didn't because it was nine years. It was okay. So the Dodgers pull it back. And uh, this time there was outrage from the sisters themselves and politicians and Dodger employees. And the fans threatened to derail Pride Night completely. The ACLU said, we're not going. If you don't bring the sisters in, the ACLU, not there. The sisters have accepted. Here's the difference. This is the difference between liberals and non-liberals. Okay. The sisters have accepted the Dodgers olive branch as a genuine gesture and will happily attend pride night to receive their award. Our community is concerned with performative allyship, but we believe this is very, very sincere. There you go. There you go. Uh, it's a good, out, good I'm, outcome I'm, and, a, and a lesson for you, right wingers. Well, that it doesn't uh, work every time. A horrible you job in PR. A horrible job in PR from the Dodgers, but eventually they make the right decision, so they do get credit for that. They eventually get to the right thing as they fuck up everything from here in between. But yeah, God bless them for finally making the right deal. Here's here's the question. Here's the question. And this, again, this is another story that isn't getting exactly a lot of traction across the country, as opposed to poor beleaguered Anheuser-Busch, Bud Light. Uh, apparently there's just nothing they can do (laughs) this is right this is the worst outrage i guess in american history the worst snub ever of and it's uh, like uh, it's it's like it's four cans that they sent to one person or something this is what that's why that's why it's so stunning it's so amazing you can't explain it. You can't. And, and they're, they're digging in. They're digging in. I guess the goal is to what drive Anheuser-Busch out of business, get them to declare. I, mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. I guess they're now even buying back supplies of the beer that they'd sent. to. You know, they're doing everything they can. But you know what, Britt? There is no forgiveness for Anheuser-Busch. Oh, no. This but, is But there egregious. is for the Dodgers, you see? <laughs> right. But think it's, about it. That's so stupid. This is the most egregious thing that's ever happened. Yes. Worst. Unforgivable. Cannot be taken back. Cannot be apologized for, even though it shouldn't even be need to be apologized for. <sighs> There's a fantastic, by the way, uh, book that I, I have in my library it's about the history of anheuser-busch and it goes into when they were making the malt powder and stuff like that during prohibition and shit like that you should look that up and grab that you can get wait, it from- wait, wait a minute so what you couldn't brew beer but if you could you could yeah. distribute the powder and have people pour water into it and they got their beer that way well there was there was ways to make the components but it was mostly for baking and for candy and such like that that's how they kind of kept the, the doors open at least for a little while during prohibition when you and your ilk were trying to make people not drink so it's like buying kool-aid powder or wilers or something like and then that. of course you, you know the story but that I mean, when when fdr with a stroke of the pen he ended prohibition after they 
what was it amendment 21 i believe amendment 21 is the amendment that repealed prohibition they wheeled the budweiser beer cart up to the white house and he had him a beer and also the other person who was a big part of this gets back to our catholic theme al smith the governor of new york sure big proponent and they wheeled up a beer cart to him and let al smith have him an ice cold beer there and he did his reward is now there's al smith night every year right the big uh the big catholic uh celebration in in new york city it's the al and that's when everybody dresses up they have guys dress up as nuns that's out on al smith right that's exactly right and that's it's a fun time for everybody you know, we're not just entertaining, we're informative. <laughs> the info and the tainment bonded seamlessly. Yeah. I'll do the, uh, we're going to have to, I'm going to reassess my, uh, do the Sumi again story. Sumi baby one more time, says Donald John Trump Sr. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, so let's go through the, the uh, quick timeline, if, uh, if we can here. Uh, Two weeks ago, two weeks ago, today, exactly two weeks ago as we speak on a Tuesday, that was when the court decision very quickly was rendered by the jury, right? They were out for, what, three hours mm-hmm. against Donald Trump. He was not convicted specifically of rape, but uh, everything surrounding it, what was sexual, um, sexual battery and yeah, it was just dre- dreadful shit. He was found liable. Uh, it was more. Liable. It was more likely than not that he committed that that particular uh, event. And and they they piled on to the uh, point of saying you owe her Eugene Carroll five million dollars, million dollars, as he puts his finger into the corner of his mouth like Doctor Evil. Less than uh, a day later, or I guess a little bit more than a day later, Trump fulfills his obligation and goes on CNN on that spontaneous, unrehearsed, brilliant town hall and proceeds to trash Eugene Carroll again Yeah. after the verdict. He trashes her using essentially the same language that is what elicited the first lawsuit in the first place, which got heard and for which he was convicted. On Monday of this week, E. Jean Carroll, through her lawyers, registered yet another complaint against Trump for doing that. Because after you get tagged for $5 million, it's thought that a normal person would say, all right, I lost in the court of law, jury of my peers, which, by the way, I can guarantee you that if you did this survey, ready? This survey, are there, and you have to word it correctly, I'm just doing this off the top of my head, is it possible that there could be a jury made up of the peers of Donald Trump to judge him on anything? I guarantee you that Republicans would say no by about a 90% margin. He is above being judged. He is, you ready? Peerless. He is peerless and should not be judged. There are no peers. There are no peers. And certainly normal citizens gleaned from the jury pool 
and uh, seated to uh, judge him in a case. They're certainly unworthy of judging the great Donald Trump, say the members of his cult. All right, so we're up to this week. She complains again through a very well-crafted letter from her lawyers. And that's on Monday. Tuesday morning, what does Trump do? He does it again. Shoot me again, says Daffy Duck. And he puts out this statement, which reads exactly like everything he said before. He's sticking with the program. This is the whole Fred Trump, Roy Cohn, never back up, never go in reverse, never apologize, never acknowledge. I don't know Eugene Carroll. I never met her or touched her. I know you're saying, Brad, that's what he said two weeks ago. That's what he said last week on CNN. He's saying it again. I never touched her except on a celebrity line with her African-American husband, who she disgustingly called ape. I wouldn't want to know or touch her. I never abused her or raped her or took her to a dressing room 25 years ago in a crowded department store where the doors are locked, capital letters on the word lock. She has no idea when or did anything else to her except deny her fake made-up story, and she wrote it all in a book. It never happened. A total scam. Unfair trial. The Carroll case is part of the Democrats' playbook to tarnish my name and person, much like the now fully debunked Russia, Russia, Russia hoax, the 51 intelligence agents, FBI Twitter files, and so much more funded and tried by Democrat operatives, although this was denied by them. And when they got caught in a lie, the Clinton-appointed judge would not let us use it in trial. Time will prove him to be highly partisan and very unfair. Where's the dress that she had? So Trump is going to get taken to trial again, and I believe the number is double this time, that $10 million is going to be the... Well, I'm, I'm going to have to change my tune on Chris Licht if this whole fiasco, and it was a fiasco, takes ah. a few million more dollars out of Donald Trump's ass, then maybe there was a silver lining to it after all. Well, but it was an inadvertent silver lining <laughs> and, a, exactly. and a silver lining that it would have mattered if he didn't go on CNN the day after the first verdict. He would have gotten that message out anyway. Good And because of everything else that was uh, spit out by him, uh, barely touched by Caitlin Collins during the town hall, it, it wasn't a, a worthy trade-off. But you are right. They will take credit in a perverse way. See, look what we did. We Which just gave really them an opportunity. To see right. Right. All they've been doing ever since that town hall, all the Trump people have been doing is talking about how they kick CNN's ass. Up and down, back and forth. They just, they fucking own CNN. Well, how about another 10 or $20 million? How, how about 10 or $20 million out of your pocket, fat ass? How about that? How about owning that? Well, uh, all right. Last but not least. Yes. What? What? Oh, I did, I did want to mention that uh, in a follow-up to one of our previous stories, the Ford Motor Company has capitulated they will keep AM radio in 2024 models and restoring AM on two electric vehicles from 2023. So uh, life is good, and the medium has been saved, Brad. It hasn't. Did you ever read that, that uh, the writings of a Dick Taylor? Yeah. Did you ever see it? 
Yeah. He he just wrote a piece about this whole AM radio thing. And he's really a smart guy. And when he brought this up, it, it, it suddenly hit me. When was the last time you were in a hotel that had a radio in it? Remember, you were, they always used to at least have the, the cheapo plastic clock radios in there. It's hard. And now they ever, don't, right? Even if you don't. have it, it's a model from 40 years ago that you can't tune anything in anyway. It doesn't work. If it's right? there, it doesn't yeah. work. Because now it'll be a it'll be a thing that uh, you can use to plug your phone in. Exactly. Uh, or, or something. In other words, nobody cared. No. It didn't matter. It was... It was irrelevant. Now, that's, of course, not the same as being in a car and and listening to radio. I understand that. But the point, the point is, is made. And being that he's a radio geek, he explained how very quickly uh, he is able to uh, connect up and listen to his favorite stations through his phone, through the radio in his car but he did point out something that that i did a couple weeks ago when this story first came out and you know this is true we've talked about this before just am radio in general sounds sounds technically so bad yep even under quote unquote good circumstances that they're their own worst enemies it sounds like shit plus there is more garbage in the atmosphere and it is harder to hear it. And he talks about driving into Boston, into Boston, and putting on WBZ, 1030, 50,000 watts. And he says, I could barely hear fucking WBZ in Boston. I know what I'm doing. I know how to listen to it. And, and he said, that told me that it's over. Jesus. He could barely hear that station. And uh, again... I'm fine with having AM radios in cars, but I uh, I find it quite interesting that probably the vast majority, if not 99% of the people bitching about this are the same folks who hate the government legislating what right. private businesses should do. But we we checked out of that station, that, that hypocrisy station, years ago. And the selectivity here is uh, is kind of this kind is of this is about people's safety, Brad. I mean, when bad weather events happen, I know you and your neighbors and me and my neighbors are flooding over to AM radio to get weather updates. That's oh yeah, that's the other one. Now. Wait, that's my favorite thing. They they still say they're still saying uh, on TV ahead of a hurricane. Make sure you have plenty of batteries for your AM for your radios for your portable radios. Of course, there are no local radio stations that what? do anything. So I can hear Except, I can hear Timmy from St. Louis voice tracking Ariana Grande. Is that is that why yeah. I need the batteries? Yeah, now, maybe if you're you're in uh, New York or 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 L.A. or or the you know the top ten or fifteen markets, they still have some some local people working. I'll tell you. Radio. I'll tell you a funny. Man. I'll tell you a very very interesting story. And this is from uh, a guy I know that worked in Charlotte who now works here, and he was. And he was a supervisor at one of the stations at, at the iHeart cluster in Charlotte. And I think there was some bad weather coming in and they kind of needed somebody to go in the air. They didn't have anybody in the fucking building with headphones to go plug into a board. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I mean, nice. I think he was, he eventually nice. had to track down some headphones and I, I swear to almighty God. I know. I think the morning show was live and this was well after that. 
but they didn't have none of the kids that work around there. None of the, you know, 25 year olds that work around there have any idea. Like where we go with plug and we go what live. What, what is that? No idea. <laughs> it's a true story. That's great. I love that. Um, I believe it. The Ten Commandments of Texas. Do we do the Ten Commandments of Texas? Oh, oh, this is this is strong stuff. You remember hearing about this uh, a few weeks ago, and today, Tuesday, is the day that they're going to be voting. I don't think they voted yet on whether to require that the Ten Commandments be uh, yeah. put up in every classroom, every classroom in the state. This is an attempt to reverse the uh, 60 years or so. Was that uh, Gideon versus Madeline Murray O'Hare? What was that case called? I can't remember what it was called. No, I can't remember the name of that case either. I just know that they put up a lot yeah, of those but, things. It was a lot of those, yeah. those stuff that were in the town square was promotion for the movie, the 10 commandments. Yeah, that's that's absolutely 100 yeah. percent true. People right, think that was, that, and that was made in the late 50s. So you're Correct. right. It's a couple of years later. Right. Um, it's about uh, making sure that the Ten Commandments are in every darn class. Maybe are they going to be in the bathroom, too? <laughs> I'm taking this shit. <laughs> There's about uh, six or so religion <laughs> bills that have already been approved in the Texas State Center, including one that would allow, you ready, uncertified chaplains to replace trained professional counselors in K through 12. Wait a minute. Uncertified chap. What the hell? Oh my God. So when the kids get shot, they'll have somebody to give them last rights. I mean, is that hard to understand? And they have to get this done by today. If they don't get it done by midnight, that's the end of their session but they would bring it back of course americans united for the separation of church and state and we know what they're about they say there are about 1600 bills around the country in uh, your great states like louisiana and missouri Idaho and Kentucky signed into law measures that would allow teachers and public school employees to pray in front of and with students while on duty. And this this all started in what would be the equivalent of the Dobbs case starting all of these states to go bonkers on on abortion. And this was the ruling last year that the football coach whose name is joe kennedy amazing of the state of washington who was praying with his players on the 50 yard line and he got fired they told him not to do it and uh he won his case in the supreme court he won his case in the supreme court and so off we go into that uh that particular area and this is this is where we're headed to we're we're headed to a, a a Christian nationalist government Ugh. that that seems like it's a truck that's coming towards us that we can't we can't uh, get out of the way from, but we will be able to get out of the way from it. I I feel I so. confident. Uh, I'm more concerned about the the truck that could run us, and just about all of us, especially the lesser of us, the poorer of us, in a few weeks. Should the yeah. United States government go into default 
on its debts because the Republican Party thinks that that's what we should do, that it would be a good idea. It would teach us austerity. It would uh, get things going right. And again, Britt, I go back to the uh, town hall thing a couple weeks ago on CNN. It's going to be in the long run, in the short run even, much more damaging. The words that Donald Trump uttered when he thought he was being so funny when it was pointed out that he unequivocally said you shouldn't use the debt ceiling to negotiate spending cuts. Just get it passed. Let's get on. We don't default. This country cannot default. That's what he said a couple years ago when he was still president. Why don't you believe that now? Because I'm not president anymore. And the crowd thought that they had just seen Don Rickles and Richard Pryor coming back from the dead and telling jokes. It was so funny. And that was uttered on CNN Live. And that was kind of a permission slip for these Republicans, I think, the the craziest of them, to stand their ground and demand that spending be cut everywhere except in the military area mm-hmm. on everything else to the tune of 15, 20, 25 percent to make our country great again. And then we will raise the debt ceiling to where it should be. And that's just a non-starter for the Democratic Party and for Joe Biden. There will be a compromise. There will be some cuts. Joe Biden is going to have to cave slightly, unfortunately. I hate that. Um, But he can't afford to have the country politically go into default either if he wants to be reelected, because we know, tell me if you think I'm wrong on this, the Republicans are much better, even though they've been tagged every time there's been a government shutdown, it hasn't helped them. But they think that this time would be different and that the president will be the guy for whom, where the buck stops and that they'll be able to blame him instead of the uh, Republicans for what could be all kinds of uh, economic calamitous situations, including mass unemployment, Mm-hmm. financial market turmoil mm-hmm. and of course dogs and cats getting married all those kinds of oh, things yeah. all that well, kind of stuff can bill, we just skip bill murray warned us about that right didn't he warn us about that? many years ago can't we just get the uh, skip to the part where mccarthy makes a deal and it's not going to be good enough for the uh, mtg caucus and then he's going to be called out and dragged and maybe replaced the speaker of the house can we get to that you you, the 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 problem is you're you're speaking the most irrelevant but important truth that the only thing that the guy who is doing the negotiating for the republicans the only thing he really cares about is holding his job Mm -hmm. the only way he can hold his job at this point is to destroy the economy of the United States, to cut veterans' benefits, to make sure that people who depend on Social Security don't get it, and dozens of other things that will almost instantly happen as the clock ticks. If this was one of those doomsday clocks, the clock would be, you know, at, 11.59.50, 10 seconds before midnight. I mean, there's not a lot of time. This is one of those situations where if they came out in the next hour and said, man, we got it nailed, it might not matter 
in the short run. We still might get our debt downgraded by the rating agencies, and it will still cost everyone a lot of money, and the markets will still punish. But so far, the markets are saying they're going to get this done. They have not collapsed yet, but it has happened before, and it did happen the last time. Mm -hmm. During the Obama administration, look it up. They finally cut a deal at like two seconds before midnight. But in the week or so before, the financial markets crashed. They crashed. So we are right before that moment. I hope it doesn't happen. Maybe it won't. But it might. And that's going to cost a lot of people a lot of money. And this is all the Republicans' fault. That's exactly right. Well, but it's going to be portrayed. It doesn't mean that Joe Biden isn't going to get blamed for it. It's all. Oh, no. That's that's why they do the both sides thing on on cable TV. It's, oh, can't these people and these people do it? And it's not. It's not equivalent. 